the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the heart of innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org, in partnership with Abbott. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. Pain sucks. And for individuals with blocked arteries in their legs, known as peripheral artery disease, it's a reality daily and with absolutely no relief in sight. They describe the pain as having a tourniquet wrapped tightly around their thigh and their calf, causing their muscles, their tissues, their nerves below to just scream for much needed oxygen and other nutrients. Timing is absolutely critical to diagnose and treat PAD, whether with medications, lifestyle modifications, interventional or surgical approaches, because once the tissue and the nerves are damaged due to a lack of blood flow, pain may be permanent, even even if blood flow is restored. There are limited choices to alleviate the discomfort caused by neuropathy and various chiropractic and wellness practices throughout the nation are taking advantage of these individuals by offering temporary solutions or what I consider just band-aid solutions with a hefty price tag. Insurance doesn't even cover most of them. But there might be a light at the end of the tunnel, I've learned this week from a practice known for pioneering some minimally invasive approaches to treating PAD, interventional radiologists who are often underestimated for their skill set in treating this debilitating disorder. Well, they're thinking outside of the box yet again and finding new ways to help PAD patients get some much needed relief. So in today's show, we have Southern Vascular and Pain Management Center interventional radiologists, Dr. Stephen Lashak and Dr. Thomas Hotchkiss, joining Emory University Vice Chair for Imaging Intervention and Division Director for Interventional Radiology, Dr. David Prologo, in talking about innovative approaches to managing pain. But first, I think it's about time after my long monologue here to loop in my co-host, interventional Mm -hmm. cardiologist, Dr. John Phillips, who's on call today, always working to restore flow in his patients' piggies um, to bring much needed pain relief, right? (laughs) Uh, Kimberly, how are you? That was was quite an intro. That might be the longest one you've ever done. I love it. I think so, Um, but I think it was necessary, right? Definitely. I'm stoked for the show because I hurt my... Well, this isn't for these guys. Maybe they can help me. But I actually pulled a muscle, I think, and I've got a lot of uh, cervical pain right now. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what exactly they all do in the interventional radiology space to help folks with pain. I mean, for me, 
as a interventional cardiologist, somebody comes in with a STEMI, they're having chest pain, we open up the artery, they feel better. Folks that have rest pain, uh, you know, from peripheral arterial disease, improving their blood flow often helps their pain. A lot of them have, at least in my assessment, uh, you know, longstanding neuropathic issues that, um, you know, are, I think, difficult to treat. And yeah. to what you alluded to, the, the options are somewhat limited and folks, you know, I'll have patients who will ask me for pain medicine because they're, they're, you know, they have significant ischemia or a gangrenous toe that, you know, the podiatry folks are waiting for it to demarcate. And I, you know, I just don't prescribe pain meds and they... Well, you can get in a lot of trouble nowadays as well. well for I mean, it's not even Everyone's under it's, it's like, so much I, I, You're right. I mean, I think that it, it just becomes, it's one of these things that I don't see to feel comfortable prescribing the pain medications for. And I'm not saying that they need them or don't need them, but I think there are certain people that need medication or need treatment for their pain that aren't getting it. So I think this is going to be a great show. I'm a little bit outnumbered here. I've got three interventional radiologists versus one IC, so I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> so, that's, that's, probably, that's probably even odds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're excited to get underway, but, you know, we got to kick things off with my favorite part of the show, moment of inspiration. Well, Dr. John Phillips, spectacular, vascular moment of inspiration. So, Kim, you had told me that, and we can talk about this at some point, too, but you said that you are now hosting a global show for AI, right? And I, I think I'm, I'm studying for my boards, okay? And so one of the things we can do for boards is we can do a, a yearly assessment of questions, and, and then we take a test towards the end. So I'm behind the eight ball here. I doubt my one of my buddies told me, who's also one of my partners, he said, you need to download chat GPT and you can ask it questions and it will kind of help you. And I've, I've, I've used chat GPT to answer some questions because I'm studying the valvular stuff, which it's been a while. So anyway, I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'm going to ch- ask chat GPT to find me an inspirational quote for today. So I just oh, said, I find so me an inspirational impressed. quote for today. So the first thing I got back was. Believe you can, and you're halfway there. That's from Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. okay. So then I'm like, all right, find me an inspirational quote from, say, Gandhi. And this one was, be the change you wish to see in the world. So, you know what? I guess I don't have to, you know, I, before I'm scouring the internet, looking for things, trying to find things. Now it's just chat GPT, you know. I'm, next time I'm going to ask for an inspirational quote from you, Kim, and we'll see what chat GPT can get me. We'll see. You know, actually, I would love to see if something actually comes up. That would be interesting because I've been <laughs> doing broadcasting since 1998. Tell you what, I'm gonna, something memorable. I'm going to do it during the break and I'll see if I can find something. <laughs> that would be so interesting. But um, be the change you want to see, I think, is absolutely perfect for this because, you know, with, with all of you who are treating PAD every day, so many times peripheral artery disease doesn't present until a patient is truly ischemic when the pain is almost certainly permanent at that point. So no matter how much blood flow you restored to where, the damage is already done. And so we have interventional radiologists who are here that truly are the change that they want to see, that they know their pad patients um, have this pain. They can't always, they've been seeking some innovative approaches to relieving pain. Again, we have Dr. Prologa, we have Dr. Hotchkiss, and we have Dr. Lashak who are here. Hopefully we'll be able to 
tell who's who. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. You can all chime in here. <laughs> Hi, Kim. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kim. Thanks for being invited. And, you know, I have to start with Dr. Lushak because he and I really kicked off this conversation. Um, He was working for another facility and he's been traveling across Mississippi and Tennessee, you know, trying to figure out his next step, where he wants to be, where he can have the most impact. And he has been meeting with Dr. Hotchkiss over the past year and bringing the two together. You know, Dr. Hotchkiss is much like you. Um, you know, Dr. Phillips, where he literally goes the extra mile in unblocking arteries clear into the small vessels in the feet. And he was looking for a real partner in care. And he found Dr. Hodgkiss. And he'll tell me, maybe he can share a little bit why he, he made that decision in the next minute before we go to break. Well, essentially, Kim, as you know, some of, some of my story, I was I, I left a, uh, an organization and trying to find a place to do all my procedures. And it's kind of difficult to get a practice started in the OBL. There's a lot of uh, legal uh, issues and um, just technical issues just to try to get it going. And Dr. Hoskins has a, a very mature practice and predominantly focused, like I said, on pain. And um, so I'm. We were trying to get together for about a, the past year, and finally we, we did get together and really have the same kind of mindset. He's a very energetic guy, very enthusiastic, very patient-centered. He really cares about the patients. And I think with his pain practice and my uh, vascular practice, I think it's a great fit. I think we it, 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 there's there's a lot of similarities, and there's a lot of ways we can you know treat these patients together. So. I just think with with Tom was just a great fit because of the, his personality and his really commitment to patients, and he brings another aspect to the table that I really can't um, I can't perform. So with the vascular with revascularization, and then any residual pain or anything that can't be treated um, through vascular means can be treated through minimally invasive pain treatments. And we're going to hear about those minimally invasive pain tri- treatments coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation. So stay with us. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful Saturday. I'm joined by three interventional radiologists and my partner in crime, Kimberly And so, you know, before we went to break, we were just kind of scratching the surface between the relationship that Steve and Tom have, I guess, started to develop on the vascular side uh, and then treating folks that have what I think sounds like vascular pain issues. So 
I'll, I'll open the floor to you two. Tell me, like, how, how is this synergy working? Um, I guess, you know, somebody's doing the revask and then one, then you're kind of pivoting to check to see if the pain's improved. And if not, then how do we, how do you take that next step from an interventional radiology or an interventional approach to kind of help them with, with vascular pain or I guess pain in general? It's, it's an interesting synergy because I was taking right. my practice more towards vascular and doing, doing more and more vascular. And then Steve and I started talking when he was wanting to leave his practice and I needed help. And, uh, at that point, I started watching. I've always said, you know, don't, don't go down the trifurcation. Don't go on the foot. I don't know why. And I go down and I start talking or I start talking to Steve and then I go see him do some cases. I'm like, this is incredible. Um, and then you see the patients in recovery, and, and it's so interesting. They're like, pain's gone, my foot feels better, but it still burns. And and being in the pain world for the past five years, immediately that just sets off all kinds of, why aren't we doing this? Why are we not doing a spinal cord stimulant? Austin getting that indication and, and even DRG where you block specific nerves out of the foot. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, I started doing – the spinal cord stimulators and um, it, it's like magic. It, it truly is. You do a trial and the patients will come back after a week and say, I'm not letting you pull my leads out, the trial leads, until you give me an implantation date. It's that effective. Wow, so, that's incredible. I guess to, to follow up with that, Steve, that was, so like the, 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 the stimulator, explain that uh, to our um the listeners how that works sure sure when, it, when, it, when i talk to the patients i'd say it's it's similar to a pacemaker for your back and and there's a kind of an, a wrong analogy people will think it's a tension it's not tends to stimulate muscle and so a traditional stimulator you put leads in the posterior epidural space that's the space where women get catheters for pregnancy so we slide the leads in in that space two leads left and right of the spinal cord and up around the mid chest. These things pulse. And so there's eight electrodes on each lead and they can go right, left, up and down and capture where the pain signal is coming in. It's typically at the seven, eight interspace. So they will pulse with radio frequency waves and block pain signal from getting to the brain. Total different approach. It's like, let's quit trying to fix things down here and just knock down some of this signal. And have you had any situations yet between you and Dr. Lashak where you've come together and had this synergistic approach where he's performed a procedure and said, hey, you know what, this didn't solve this person's pain entirely. We might have gotten it, you know, to the point where the damage is already done. Send them to you. And then what do you do? It's, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, we, we just started working together and it's like it just seems like every single patient could go to trial. And, and it's, it's a trial. If it doesn't work, the leads fall out and, and on you go. But probably success rate on a trial is 70, 80% go to implant. Steve, I'll interrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I missed a part of your, uh, your conversation. My, my Zoom went off. But, um, one of the things, uh, most of my, my practice is probably 90% below the knee, below the ankle. And what I've learned is these diabetics have a different, it's different than a smoker and a claudicant. So these patients get, um, pr- predominantly, like I said, below the knee, they get below the ankle uh, disease. And it, the problem with the diabetics is they can't get flow to the forefoot. 
And so this is where the, the problem lies. So if you can't establish inline flow to the toes, they're going to develop a lot of these symptoms. They're going to develop uh, nocturnal cramps or get pain, particularly when they raise their feet in bed. They put their feet up. They get a lot of nocturnal uh, calf, toe cramps. They get this stiffness in their feet. Very difficult. And they also have neuropathy. Now, neuropathy is a tricky one because neuropathy is a, is a microvascular process. We can fix some of the neuropathy with opening up those small vessels of the foot, the pedal loop, and so forth. It will help them. It predominantly helps their stiffness and their toe cramps. Um, and I find patients with really high A1Cs have the worst neuropathy. So we can open up their arteries, fix a lot of their uh, nocturnal symptoms, their, their severe cramping at night, uh, their toe pain, their, their stiffness. But some of them, we're, we're left with some with some neuropathic uh, symptoms, which are very difficult to treat, especially if they're not medically managed well. And I think that's where these stimulators, I think, will be very helpful because this neuropathic pain is very uncomfortable for these patients. So I think we can only do so much endovascular with the neuropathic pain because I think a lot of it is microvascular. We can help it, but we're not going to fix it completely, in my experience. Yeah. And and so, David, you've been hearing this conversation. You're doing, um, you know, Similar with you, you work a lot with Dr. Anthony De Palma over at Emory University, and you have a similar relationship as both Tom and Stephen Lashak. Uh, we do, uh, and but we're coming at this from a slightly different angle. Uh, which is totally complementary to what you just heard. We are a large uh, tertiary academic center, and we do a lot of work on sort of the logistical side of these new procedures, making sure we get uh, approved and reimbursement and all these kinds of things so we can keep the lights on. But what's most fascinating about what I'm hearing is that uh, an interventional radiologist in general isn't uh, we, we're not traditionally trained to manage these problems. We're traditionally trained to use these machines like CAT scanners or X-rays to do other things, manage trauma. Dr. De Palma does tons of trauma, saves lives every day. And what happened over the years, uh, interventional radiologists realized, hey, we can use these machines to guide needles everywhere in the body wherever a pain generator might be. Maybe it's a tumor, maybe it's a nerve that's been damaged by peripheral vascular disease, and we can do something to that pain generator to stop pain. So what you heard Dr. Hodges talk about was uh, that's image guiding placement of a lead to sort of decrease the pain signal from getting to the brain, but it doesn't stop there. We can take a needle anywhere in the body, uh, maybe our co-host's shoulder, uh, his suprascapular nerve, and we can we can stop the signal from from that pain generator, whether it's cancer related or vascular related or otherwise. And so it's opened up this huge myriad of potential procedures that we can do for patients. And to hear that it's being done like this in this kind of collaborative setting is uh, is just it's the future of of medicine that you that you have here on your panel. So now, let is me there ask- any concern though? Um, just a quick question in, in, in regards to, okay, so pain is our body's signal that something is wrong. If you turn off that signal, could other damage be done because the body's no longer saying, hey, hello? Right. So that's such a great question. And people ask that all the time. Uh, the answer is as follows. If, if the pain might be coming from something external, like a, like a tumor, Right. In which case you cut off that signal and it's okay because that's not really a protective mechanism that, that pain generator, right? There's a second, uh, uh, set of pain patients where the nerve itself is damaged. 
Uh, for example, uh, a lot of times young women who give birth will stretch a nerve in the pelvis during the, during the birthing process. And now that nerve is damaged and it's just pathologic. It's just, it's just firing pain signals that aren't serving any protective purpose at all. And in that case, we can freeze that nerve and have it degenerate, regenerate and fix itself. Right. So you're, you're fixed and now you're done. Uh, I know we have an amputee on the line. A lot of times the same sort of thing can happen during the amputation, a damage to the nerve that causes false signals to be uh, sent to the brain about maybe a foot pain that's not there or a real pain that's in the residual limb. Same thing. We can freeze that damaged nerve, damaged from the surgery or the trauma, have it degenerate and regenerate, and now it's fixed. And then the last set of folks are the ones that you're talking about who might have, say, arthritic knee pain. And if we freeze those nerves and cut off that signal, is the question becomes what you're asking, would that potentially make my arthritis worse? Although that's theoretically possible, we don't see it. What really happens is the person's able to move around more uh, and then potentially lose weight, decrease risk factors for other things, and become an operative candidate. So now they can get the operation they need. So just I don't want to monopolize the whole conversation, but the short answer is, uh, the potential theoretical risk that you might damage something by having temporary nerve signal interruption is very low to the huge potential upside. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we're going to find out just how long this sort of treatment lasts. But also we're going to get to um, what he was talking about with uh, Sally Hendricks is on the line, a diabetic amputee from South Africa. And I believe he has a quick short story to share and a question for the doctors. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Three years ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg, but that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD. Peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life. Life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. We are live and true to form. We have a caller from South Africa who is an amputee, and we're having a conversation about what sounds like minimally invasive techniques to treat pain for folks, right? I mean, we always worry about using narcotics and things of that nature. And so, Sally, can you hear me? Yeah. 
Okay. All right, my friend. Do you want to uh, pose your question to our, our colleagues? Yeah. Um, me being a diabetic amputee, and um, for the last three years, um, the pain or the ghost pain or phantom pain um, is actually excruciating, and especially at night. And with all the therapy that I've gone through, painkillers, uh, you know, it continues. Mm-hmm. How can I actually cope with this type of pain? Um, it's there, but it's not there. Uh, if, if the panel doesn't mind, I'd love to, to uh, initially respond to you. I, I, I uh, thank you for sharing and thank you for asking that question. Uh, serendipitously, uh, this has been the focus of our work at Emory for the last 15 years. And, uh, specifically without getting too far into the technical weeds, uh, we've discovered that if we take a needle, I wish I would have brought one. It's just a small needle. Uh, we can use CT guidance, which means we just put you in a CAT scanner and we can see the needle inside your body. So we don't have to open you up or do any surgery, right? And we take that to the nerve that got cut during a surgery, right? So in order to do an amputation uh, surgically, you've got to at some point damage that nerve by transecting it or cutting it. And in other cases, if we think of veterans who have had traumatic amputations, same thing. At some point, the nerve has to be cut in half in order for the amputation to occur. That causes damage to your nerve, okay? Um, that damaged nerve is sending signals to your brain about the foot that's not there. So it's real what you're feeling. It's real and it can be measured. That that damaged nerve is kind of like freaking out now and sending these signals to your brain about a foot that's not there, right? So you feel pain. So with our guidance, with the image guidance, and in this needle that causes uh, an ice ball, we can target that nerve just through a very small pinhole and uh, drop the temperature. And when we drop the temperature, something miraculous happens. And this is, I'm telling you about it now, but it's, you know, 15 years worth of work to get to this point. What happens is the temperature decrease causes that damaged nerve to degenerate. So right there, and that knows about your false foot go away. But what happens after that is even better. The nerve will regrow, but it doesn't, it wasn't there for the surgery, the regrown nerve. So it's normal and it doesn't send those false signals to your brain. And so you don't feel that crushing pain that people will describe. It's like having your ankle in a vice, the ankle that's not there in a vice. Um, and so we published a paper about this in 2014. Uh, and then since then have done hundreds and hundreds of cases. So it's very specific to the question that you're asking about how to manage phantom limb pain using interventional radiology. But it's important also because the principles of being able to target a pain generator like that with just a needle and a CAT scanner allow us to not just manage phantom limb pain like that, but millions of patients who have cancer-related pain or millions of patients who have arthritis-related pain. Uh, And it goes on and on. So thank you for asking that question, and I hope what I said made some kind of sense for the listeners. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we are going to now get Dr. Hotchkiss and Dr. Lachat's take, and also maybe check back in with Dr. with uh, Sally Hendricks to see if his question was answered and see if he has some hope again. So stay with us. 
Yes, you can have a heart attack, a stroke, and be at risk for amputation if you are under 50. Hello, I'm Kim McNicholas, founder and CEO of patient advocacy organization, The Way to My Heart, with this week's medical notepad brought to you by Abbott. I get this question all the time. I'm in my 30s or I'm in my 40s and my doctors are brushing off my chest pain and leg pain because they say, oh, you're too young to have blocked arteries in your heart or in your legs. Well, could I be at risk? The simple answer is yes. While your greatest risk of cardiovascular disease and peripheral artery disease is over the age of 50, diseases of the arteries throughout your body can strike at any time, depending on your individual risk factors. Here are a few things to consider. Maybe you want to check your family history. Did anyone in your family ever have a heart attack early on or have what we call a leg attack, which is those blocked arteries in your legs that cause your blood flow to be restricted to your feet? Have you smoked or do you still smoke? Maybe even vape. Do you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes? Are you even pre-diabetic? Do you have an autoimmune condition such as Crohn's disease or lupus? Do you have genetic clotting issues? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have high cholesterol? Are you on hormone therapy? Have you had COVID or the COVID vaccine and ended up with blood clots or cardiomyopathy? If you said yes to any one of the risk factors mentioned, well, yes, it is possible. Of course, that's not an exhaustive list, but it is enough to give you at least some confidence to say to your doctor, hey, I have chest pain or I have leg pain. Would you mind ordering some testing to see if I have cardiovascular disease or even peripheral artery disease or maybe some other vascular issue? If they don't listen, find someone who will. Your life and limb may depend on it. With this week's medical notepad brought to you by Abbott, I'm Kim McNicholas, founder and CEO of patient advocacy organization, The Way to My Heart. Remember, the advice and views offered in this series are for informational and educational purposes only. Always check with your own provider and get explicit permission before acting on any advice or information offered here. If you want more information on diabetes, one of the risk factors, go to diabetes.org. If you have questions about heart disease, go to heart.org. And for information on peripheral artery disease, go to thewaytomyheart.org. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. All right, everybody, we're back and we're continuing a fantastic and uh, really stimulating conversation. No pun intended. No pun intended. No pun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Regarding pain treatment. Before we jump in, Kim, I just will say during break, I did chat GPT, both of us, and you know, we're not there yet, but we, we <laughs> make it, there. it didn't recognize us, so we're not famous enough. That's okay. We'll have to work on that. <laughs> we version five, version five. Version five, right, exactly. So at any rate, we as we were talking, gentlemen, between break, can you all share? So I bet you we have some listeners out there who are thinking, okay, well, I saw a pain doctor. Why aren't they doing this for me? So huh? 
are all pain doctors alike? I know the answer is no, but just tell us like what bucket do you guys fit into and what bucket does say a pain management doctor fit into, or I guess maybe an anesthesiologist who, who does pain management or pain care. And does insurance cover it? Yeah. Tom. That's a good point. It's, um, Interventional, right? It, we're, we're uniquely trained. So I spent two years doing a fellowship and to put needles and catheters in places in the body. We spend two years doing that. And if, you know, I did probably two more years during my residency. And it's, it's just so natural to take that to the pain world. Whereas, you know, I don't know much about a pain fellowship, but they're basically, I think they're taught to do epidurals and, and inject steroids in places. Um, catheters, not so much. They learn on the job. And then you find some guys that are incredible, that are, that are very innovative and, and aggressive, and they want to do that stuff. So it's neat to see our guys doing that. But do um, – so if a patient is looking to have some of your types of treatments, they need to go to an interventional radiologist, not per se – not a pain specialist per se. Right, David? So I, 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 it's, it's a good question. And, uh, the answer really lies in, uh, what it is that their underlying problem, um, uh, is. So a lot of things can be managed, sort of a Venn diagram. There's this a little bit of overlap, right? There's a lot of things that the, that the quote unquote pain doctor can take care of, uh, can take care of uh, doing epidurals for your back pain, for example, and, and prescribing medications, for example. Uh, the interventional radiologist comes in when it's a sort of more advanced problem or more complicated problem that requires someone to put a needle uh, into the body with advanced guidance, right? But that doesn't help the patient who's listening, right? The patient doesn't know, do I have a problem that requires advanced guidance or not, right? And so the way that I personally solve that problem um, is to take it kind of a step further and uh, and and in- embrace this humanistic approach to patients is uh, I'll answer that question for you. So my my answer to the patients is, look, why don't you come to one of us and we will take care of you. So if it's us who who does the procedure, we'll take care of it for you. If it's somebody else who places a DRG, for example, or a spinal cord stimulator, or maybe you need revascularization, or maybe you need surgery, or maybe you need X, Y, or Z, I know all these options exist, not only because I'm a doctor, but because I've had my own family members go through these struggles. So because I know these things, I take on a responsibility to get you where you need to go. So if you are a patient and you're wondering, just come to me or come to one of the interventional radiologists and we'll get you where you need to be. Because at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to take care of you, uh, whether it's us who actually ends up doing the procedure in the end or somebody else. And so they can actually, because a lot of these patients, they need referrals. And how do they talk to the primary care physician about getting a referral to an interventional radiologist? And how do they know if that interventional radiologist ultimately is someone who is a, sorry about this, a hack or someone who really is an expert in doing this? Maybe there are some critical questions that they should ask. So it, I, this is a good point. So the, the issue of the referral hasn't really, I, I wonder sometimes if that's somewhat of a historical issue. Uh, in my experience, if we talk to the public like we are now and they reach out directly to us by finding us on the, on the internet or going through the Emory website or so on, 
that we haven't run into any issues uh, with regard to coverage because the patient didn't have a referral from another doctor. That that doesn't you, happen Julie, very often. We, if, if somebody's not taking narcotics, if we're taking narcotics, we're going to give them narcotics. We have to have a referral by the state of Tennessee. But otherwise, patient can just call and say they have a certain condition, and we will see them. So, Tom, right. that, okay, interesting point there. So let me ask you guys this question. I've, do you um, kind of sprinkle in narcotics with what you're doing here? I mean, do you try to completely get the patient off the narcotic if they're on it? How does the narcotic or the medication work? Is it a synergistic kind of method, or do you just say, you know what, I want you off if I can, and let's do our procedure if possible? I let that to Hopkins go first. I don't want to monopolize the, the conversation. <laughs> you get my goal. You have taken care of cancer patients, and they used to, the classic statement was, I still hurt, but I don't care when I take pain medicine. And some of the brutally honest pain patients will say the same thing. And and so we're going to stop their narcotics. It's like if it's helpful, we try to reduce it and get it to a reasonable amount. But to make it more effective, to last longer. Um, so, you know, it's the nice thing about working. I have a pain doctor with me and and they'll do the narcotic side of it. But gabapentin, Lyrica, the, the, the medication like that. And so I'm understanding that you have a variety of different approaches for interventionally treating pain. Are they all durable or how long do they last before you have to, let's say, and can you do them again? And it's, does there come a point where you have done too many of them and no more can be done? It, it, it drives me crazy. And I teach my nurse practitioners to... I almost think that sometimes in the pain world, they want to do a steroid shot. They'll, if it works for three months, they'll do that every three months for the rest of your life. And then I fix, uh, Steve knows how many kyphoplasties we do in a week from osteoporotic, you know, steroid induced, uh, uh, osteoporosis. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you will do the steroid shot short term, buy some time to think long term. And then you go to something like cryo where you're actually repairing a problem or DRG. I have patients 10 years out with what that. is DRG stand for again? Dorsal root ganglion stimulator. Gotcha. So you're targeting <laughs> yeah, individual nerves. Okay. Gotcha. So, so instead of, the general everything from your lower extremities you know if you have an amputation of the right foot and the pain phantom pain's there we can target the l5 s1 nerves and, what, and what shut about, down those what, what about we've had a couple of folks on the uh, chat ask about pad so claudication pain okay so there are patients out there and i've got a guy that he's he's been on our show he's a save my piggies guest who He's not really revascularizable. I mean, we've done, I've done a ton of interventions to him. He's had bypasses. They fail. He has claudication pain. And he has it to the, like, he kind of knows how far he can walk and, and gets it. And now it's becoming a little bit, it's creeping up on him. Can you treat claudication pain for these folks? David? Yeah, I, I, I'll, uh, well, I'll answer Kim's question first, if you don't mind. I sure. would always respond uh, with regard to, is there a point that you've done too many, you can't do any more, can they be repeated, so on and so forth. Uh, I would go back again and respond to that question uh, the way that I would answer any one of my family members, my daughter or my wife, who came to me with a problem at any point along the spectrum, right? And I'll tell my patients, look, now that you're here, you're my patient, and I'll take care of you. It's 2023. <laughs> 
So there's something that can be done to improve your condition. And if you were my daughter or my wife uh, or my friend from this new radio show, I wouldn't tell you, hey, ah, you know, tough, tough, tough luck. We're out of options. Good luck and cut you loose to the world to figure it out yourself. I'll take care of you and figure out what's available for you in 2023. So there's no end point at which I'm going to throw up my hands and say you're on your own. So that would be my answer to that question. If it's not me, I'll find you the right person. Um, uh, we certainly can treat claudication. Dr. Hotkiss is treating claudication with those spinal cord stimulators successfully for sure. Uh, and also there's a procedure now that we can do with advanced imaging that was abandoned years ago because of safety issues. Years ago when they tried to inject the lumbar sympathetic plexus, it's called, uh, they would run into some complications because there's other structures around there and they might hit them accidentally with the needle. But now because we have this precise imaging guidance that I spoke about earlier, the CAT scan guidance, we can get into this thing called the lumbar sympathetic plexus, which essentially provides sensation and regulation to the, for pain to the whole leg. And we can either uh, inject it, we can ablate it, uh, and we can improve claudication with that single needle procedure. Uh, amongst other things. And coming up right here on the Heart of Innovation, we'll continue the conversation and have our final takeaway. So stay with us. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. This show has just flown by. I wish we could spend another hour discussing it. Maybe, Kim, we would then be on ChatGPT, but that's neither here nor there. So let's finish up. Uh, final thoughts from our guests. Steve, um, what parting message do you want to share with our audience? Well, I think um, with with light pain, I think it's it's, it's complex. And some of, it, some of it can be neurogenic, some of it can be vascular. And I think um, it kind of overlaps. So I think when you have patients that would consider claudication, pain with walking, um, I'm getting a little echo here, but pain with walking, um, it's claudication. It's pain that if, if you walk, it's sort of like angina of the legs. You walk, you get pain. There's there's options there. If it's uh, related to uh, vascular ideology, we can revascularize that with fluids and stents. Then you have rest pain, which is a little bit of a different animal, and that's uh, that also may require revascularization and or some type of pain control. And I think the uh, the combination of revascularization and having pain physicians to and interventional radiologists to manage that is 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 the way to go. And I think it really expands the opportunities for patients to get better care. And quick question as we go into, let's say, Tom, really quick. So let's say someone has, you know, um, their arteries blocked clear into the, their foot. They're really, it's so calcified, can't get much done there in terms of revascularization, putting in balloons, removing some of the plaque in there. And you really want them to get out there and walk and grow their natural bypass, these collateral vessels to reroute blood flow around those blockages. Is this potentially an answer to getting them to naturally be able to um, get their collateral growth to restore the blood flow to keep them on their feet? I mean, that's a, a, a great question. And if you can decrease the pain, they're going to improve their, their activity and, um, and, and improve the blood flow and, and do exactly what you were saying. I think that's a, a, an exciting approach. And, and it's, I hadn't thought about the sympathetics, and it's embarrassing I haven't. That's a, a great – you hit both of them. You know, it's amazing what you could do, I would think. Final thoughts from you, and then we'll jump to David. 
No, it's it's exciting uh, collaboration. I was in the cancer world a long time, and we were, we came together with the oncologists, and that's what I'm seeing with Steve, and and you know you bring the pain world and the vascular world together, and it's like, you know, well that's the best it's going to be after you revascularize them. It's like no, there's there's a lot of stuff we can do, and it keeps improving. Exciting Thank stuff you. all the time. You're welcome, David. Final thoughts. Uh, I I would just echo that things continue to improve. There is always something that we can do. Uh, you can find us. You can you can find me uh, on the internet. I'll try to help you to get where you need to be. You can go to the Society of Interventional Radiology. Uh, they'll give you uh, interventional radiology pain focused physicians in your uh, location. But but we're here to help. Fantastic, and I'm curious. I'm going to let um, Dr. Phillips here take us out, John. Um, you've been outnumbered by the IRs, learning something new today. So I'm going to let you give the final takeaways and send us home. No, I just, I think it's the beauty of this show is you, you learn something. And I had no idea that you could do some of these things to help folks that have chronic pain. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with all of our guests. Kim, we've had a, an excellent show. Uh, and you know what? We're just going to continue the heart of innovation and saving the piggies. So with that, I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of their weekend. And thank you for joining us. Yes. And next week on the Heart of Innovation, actually, our Save My Piggy special, um, Sally Hendricks, um, diabetic amputee, who's really been an advocate for others in South Africa. You heard him ask a question here today. He is now going to join us next week and share his full story. I'm really excited about that. So it's probably too late to try to do that on location in South Africa. You know, hey, you know, maybe Sally's still here. Maybe he would fly us all out there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great show. Thanks, Kim. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to The Heart of Innovation with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Our mission is to help patients live a better quality of life through comprehensive education, real-time support, and high-touch advocacy in partnership with thewaytomyheart.org and Abbott. Our purpose is to reduce the 1.5 million heart attacks and strokes and nearly 200,000 amputations annually. For more information regarding topics you've heard discussed on today's program, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. The Heart of Innovation is for educational and informational purposes only, and advice and views shared are not a substitute for medical advice from your own supervising physician. Do not act on any information provided in this show without the explicit consent from your own healthcare team. If you think you are having a medical emergency, call your local emergency number or go to the nearest hospital or emergency room. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.